And welcome back, everybody, to the Freaking Awesome Podcast for a remote episode. This is episode 33. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> let's kill that bass head. Alright, let's do this. I'm on the air, we on the air, we got this pockets flow. It's me and Tony on the mics, we gotta let you know. Of current events, little gaming, sprinkling some entertainment. We stay humble, but our mom still thinks we're famous. Turn up the bass and baby, maybe let that magic flow. Our spoken word is all the things you really wanna know. Having a good time on the show, T Bows and Maddie G. Tune in and hit subscribe and join us on the FAQ. Welcome back, everybody, to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Bose, and of course, sitting across from me, as always, is Maddie G. Yeah, I'm kind of sitting across from you. I know. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's it virtually in sitting spirit. across from me. Yeah, in spirit. So, uh, We're practicing social distancing. That's right. Uh, we can't be any more social than, of course, this podcast, and uh, at the same time, uh, we couldn't be any more distant either. <laughs> like my parents were with me. <laughs> Speaking of distance, we have a wonderful guest on the show. Uh, he is uh, a director, a writer. Um, he was a child actor and still, of course, I believe in the acting field. You might remember him from several uh, films, uh, such as the classic Airplane 2, the sequel, and uh, the t- television ABC movie Don't Go to Sleep. He's also best known as Robbie Fielding in the 1982 movie The Poltergeist and the 1986 sequel Poltergeist 2. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Oliver Robbins. Oliver, thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be with you guys, and I'm looking forward to being on your podcast. Excellent. Well, we uh, we got to tell you, um, you know, given the times, uh, podcasting is the best way of, st- uh, of keeping in touch with everybody, I guess. Yeah, and we all can do our social distancing this way, too. I know. You know, so, you know uh, we, we'd, of course, always love to have people in person, but, uh, you know, Matty has a, a bit of a spitter when he talks, so it's probably good that everybody's away. <laughs> what? <laughs> I am? Damn it! I, I don't know how to tell you this, Matt, but <laughs> now is the time. Oh. Yeah. I've been experimenting <laughs> with uh, carrier pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great new technology. I, I really think that's going to be actually the wave of the future. Carrier pigeons. You're right. <laughs> it's uh, it's really taken off. But um, <laughs> oh, we'll have to put one of those artificial drum rolls in there. <laughs> what happened to you? Right on. Well, Matty, why don't we uh, jump into the news? Yeah, absolutely. So. We'll start with the first article. Um, I don't know, some of you may have already heard about this, but uh, I guess in the midst of all this craziness, um, Pornhub has been offering everybody free premium service uh, during the pandemic. That is a so that's, I think that's a, that's a wonderful thing, you know? <laughs> Isn't like porn like the, the biggest seller beyond movies? It's like a multi-billion dollar business, you know? Right? Yeah. So, so yeah. I- I, you know? I guess what, what else is a guy gonna? What else is a guy gonna do when he's sitting <laughs> home by himself? You know, <laughs> we got to flatten that curve. Nothing <laughs> we do. It, nothing it, brings couples. This is gonna keep. Board. This is gonna keep. It's true. This is what's gonna keep guys at home, and this is gonna keep you off the street. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and hopefully, the well, actors and actresses too. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so I'll read the article a little bit. So 
uh, an offer by one of the world's biggest porn sites uh, to stream its top service for free was condemned by critics as a move to exploit the coronavirus crisis and silence complaints that uh, videos on its platform featured sex trafficking victims, which is kind of bullshit. So, um, but uh, the streaming platform um, for, for sexual content, for those of you who don't understand what the name is, uh, <laughs> has come under fire for allegedly failing to remove images and videos uh, of explicit content. Um, an online petition shut the site down, which has had over 42 billion visits in 2019, uh, now has over half a million signatures. So basically this was kind of, um, in this particular article, it focuses on not necessarily good deeds, but it's just funny timing in the midst of um, this huge kind of shutdown mentality on it. So I figured I would kind of touch on that, and uh, but uh, I, I don't see it going anywhere. <laughs> well, I, I think porn is going to stay with us forever. For yeah, I, think so. I mean, even yeah. if you go back to ancient Greek Pompeii, you know, a version of pornography existed. It, you know, it's part of human nature, and it's going to be with us to probably the end of time. It, it's I, I totally agree. It's one of the oldest professions, um, but at the same time, it, it's always going to be a moneymaker. Except for that, yes, which in case he's actually giving away for free. So for the people who are actually complaining... There's there's probably twice as many people thankful that it that that, that high quality content is now free. Well, and that's why yeah. I kind of left it. I wanted to discuss a little bit because statistically, so over the last four weeks, there's been a 57 percent spike in traffic from Italy, 38 from France, and 61 from Spain. So, I would have loved to goes- see what the American and Canadian numbers are on that. <laughs> well, well, I think well, I think North America will beat those numbers. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. positive. <laughs> That's our new goal. Areas of Canada where all <laughs> you get is the internet and porn. <laughs> so <laughs> that is only one way of staying. Right? <laughs> it's all friction. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, man. What do you got, uh, Tony? Okay, now uh, again, let's go with uh, a a a corona based uh, corona based. Um, article. This one was uh, it was actually a little upsetting, but at the same time, it was super funny. Mm-hmm. The article reads: Disneyland closure ends man's two thousand nine hundred ninety-five day streak of visits. Oh. Now, mm. now take a second to think about that. Someone has literally been going to Disneyland for two thousand nine hundred ninety-five consecutive days. That's someone who really loves Disney. That, that's, 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 you're very committed at that. And I love Disneyland, too. Disneyland is, is amazing and awesome. And, uh, you know, it, I, now they can take a moment and reflect upon their experience. I guess. <laughs> what have I been doing with my life? <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, nobody, nobody other than potentially Walt Disney himself has spent that much time in that place. <laughs> um, I, I have some friends who are probably runners-up. Too, you know, there, there's so many. You know, going Disneyland is, is pretty addictive. You know, it's like it's like Xanax, but but with amusement park rides instead. If you're you're in a bad mood or a bad mindset, <laughs> you go to Disneyland, and it, honestly, you feel great. It it truly is the happiest place on earth. I think. So I, I've been to a couple different uh, of the the Disney uh, World parks down in in Florida, and uh, I love it personally. I, I think it doesn't matter how old you get. 
you go there and you suddenly feel like a child inside. The the wonderful uh, wonderful magic of, of everything is is so well done and and uh, well executed by all the the team members there that um, I, I I I think you're so hard pressed to come out with a negative experience. I I don't know anyone that's ever gone to Disneyland that's come out unhappy. I, it's just it's designed to make you feel great. And, you know, Walt, when he designed it, had that intent. And, you know, you escape from society, you escape from all your problems. And for those couple hours you're there, you feel like you're in an alternate reality of happiness and love and joy. And I think it's, it's an eternal thing that everyone can love. And you really have to have something inherently damaged about yourself or going there with a the wrong mindset, not to really love it there. Except for potentially the, uh, 19 people that were stuck on that uh, that trolley car for nine and a half hours uh, that happened uh, last year. <laughs> uh, wow, that happens everywhere, I think, though. Yeah. Right? I mean, but, least, but you know what? It, it can consume it be worse. You could be caught on one of the freeways for 19 hours in, in Los Angeles, you know. So just, there's, there's, a, there's definitely one, there's an upside to everything. <laughs> one time my leg fell asleep and I ended up on the toilet for 19 hours. <laughs> That, you must have had a, must have had a pretty bad dinner the night before. Right? You know, like that I didn't even try to escape. I was just like, bring me my tablet. <laughs> so, uh, just to give a little more backstory on, on this diehard Disney fan. Um, he had been basically going to California's Disneyland theme park every day for more than eight years. Uh, ending his streak just shy of 3,000 days when the park temporarily closed. Uh, of course, this has been all because of the the Corona out by, by virus outbreak. The the thing that that really got me the most is he had a beautiful attitude about it, and uh, mm-hmm. and and he was just like so. He's 47 years old, um, and he told the uh, the Orange County Register that um, you know the park's closing, but the calendar is not. So even though my streak is broken, uh, they'll just reopen and um, I'll just pick it back up again. I said, he says, although I don't think I'm going to be worried about uh, my consecutive streak anymore. So, <laughs> I, I could only wonder, like, what does this man do for 40? He's 47 years old and spent the last three years going to Disneyland. <laughs> Hey, I was going to ask, like, how much is Disneyland? Like, say you live there, right? Because we're up in Canada, so every time we want to go, we're thinking, like, oh, it's going to be expensive. It's 100 um, yeah. US every time you want to go. Isn't it, like, $150 or something? I'm not really sure for, like, residents. Um, so, you know, it's funny. I worked on a movie, um, and the producer just absolutely loved Disneyland. And that's where we had all of our meetings. We went to Disneyland, and it... It was, I got to tell you, it was a great place to work on a script because you were always in this like magical mindset there. We went on the, we'd go on a ride and we talk about the screenplay and oh, then we cool. work on a little more. And then he had this, they had tickets to this place called um, Club 33, which is Disneyland, which is this awesome club and it's like fancy and you can eat dinners and have drinks. And it was, it was like the best thing ever. If you love Disneyland, you'd, you'd love Club 33 as well too. So I had never experienced anything quite like it before. So, and I, and honestly, I hadn't been to Disneyland and since I was really a kid, um, but we went all the time and I began to really just love, you know, working on movies there. 
Oh, that's awesome, man. That is amazing. And, and, and it'd be even better if you were actually filming out of areas of it because, you know, your, your after party couldn't probably get any more magical. No, it was, it was a fantastic. I actually went to school, um, at the sister school in my, in my area. I went to school with Breck Eisner, who was a great guy. Um, and we shot his student film on at Disneyland after the park closed too. So we were all on, we're at Disneyland and we saw no one was there. It was, it was kind of, it was kind of amazing. Now, are they pretty good about stuff like that? You know, you just ask them, like, what's the process of, of being allowed I, to do that? I never I never shot my student film, like, at Disneyland, but I'm sure they seem like they're great people there and so kind at Disney. Um, I think they'd probably be open to it, depending on the criteria. I shot my student film, actually, at Universal on the, the city walk, not the city walk, but, like, the back lot area. And I was at USC Film School, and they gave it to us for free. Um, and I said, hey, I just want to shoot this scene. So I think I think the film industry really does want to give back, you know, because I know the future generation is one day going to be making movies here, and we have to help them. Yeah, sure. That's, That's awesome. That that is amazing, and uh, it's it's actually it's I, I've heard there's a lot of really cool unknown facts about Disneyland. Like if you, there's like a, a certain amount that you can pay uh, over and above the ticket price, where you can actually get like the VIP treatment where they take you, uh, a special cast member, uh, member will uh, take you in behind the scenes. So not only do you skip the lines, but you literally go in behind all the infrastructure to, to fast track into your lines and you learn really cool things about Disney. I've heard about that. I've never done that before, but I've heard that. We actually had a like a tour guide who took us around and... Believe it or not, it was the most amazing thing that we were able to beat the lines. We went to the front of the lines. And if you've ever been to Disneyland, one of the things you really do, you spend hours just waiting to go on these rides. Yeah. And we, we didn't have to wait at all. So it was it was a beautiful thing. That in itself I would have booed you. Funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> it, Matt, I think it'd be worth every dime. Maddie, three, 300 people back in the line. <laughs> that that man. A lot of people, I think, hate you. Like, who, who are those people stepping right. in front, too? But you just have to ignore that. You just you just go at the moment and say, you know, you want to get on get on the log jammer and all the other... I, I hope I'm not insulting Disney by calling it log jammer. So it's the log ride. I know that. <laughs> hope that's not a third part. It's just like a taboo to say that. But, yeah, you know, all the way like Space Mountain, you get in front, and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm, I didn't have to wait two hours for this ride. This is truly amazing. I mean, it definitely would have tied in well with the last article. But it was <laughs> also, the name of the number one video on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, well, All right. I, uh, I'm going to segue. This, this, this happiness and, and fun time is actually uh, segues nicely. I, I found a cute article. Um, so... Like I said, with uh, everything negative you see on social media and stuff these days, just with the, the virus, this is kind of cute. So um, so the article's called A Story About a Quarantine Cutie. So um, a man in New York practicing social distancing from his home went above and beyond other suitors when he saw a pretty neighbor dancing on, his, on a rooftop. Uh, Jeremy Cohen, who lives in Brooklyn, flew a drone with his number written on a piece of paper uh, to the quarantine cutie he spotted from his balcony, and uh, he was able to capture the moment uh, on a video that he posted on TikTok. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was super... and creepy. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, it's, it's all depends on how you look at it, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, and some people be like, so I, the crazy stalker peeper guy sees you dancing okay. and flies a drone over. <laughs> Tony, it's all perspective because 20 years ago, sending a picture of your dick to somebody would have been creepy too. But apparently today... Robot dick is the way to go. <laughs> I, I guess it's, it's, it all it all matters how it ends up. I mean, if she, if they go out on a date and it ends up in complete total romance and they end up getting married, you know what? It was all worth it. I wonder if she was like wowed by his drone flying capabilities because my luck, I've tried flying a couple drones and let me tell you, I probably would have like slammed the blade into her or something trying to bat. Oh out. my god! <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the same problem. I, I think I'd probably end up crashing into the side of the building. You know, <laughs> date man, man wins date after burning your house down. <laughs> Drone <laughs> crashes in and just bursts into flames. Oh wow! No, that's, that's yeah. I thought it was that's cute. super cute. I really like that one. Hey man, gotta keep chivalry alive. Yeah. Now on the opposite end of that spectrum. Uh, my next article I found, the title was Woman Dies of Embarrassment When Handyman Spots Sex Toys Stuck to the Bathroom Wall. <laughs> so this article was, was absolutely hilarious. So this, this woman basically had a, a sex toy that, um, she mm. found while she was clearing out her, her bathroom cupboards. So she was cleaning her floors and she was doing all the cupboards and pulling out everything that was underneath it. And she had found this. That's massive, what she said. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's all hearsay, yeah. but, um, she, she found this massive sex dildo that, uh, was given to her by her friends as a joke, and um, she didn't really know what to do with it, so she stuck it on the wall and continued cleaning. And um, and then she realized that the time was getting late, uh, so she started getting ready for work, and uh, that's when the the handyman had knocked on her door and uh, apparently was doing this uh, a routine inspection, uh, and he had said, listen, I, I'm wondering if I could you know, horribly intrude on, on using your bathroom. I really have to go to the bathroom. So she's like, yeah, yeah, I know. Go ahead. So she, she let him in and, and he went and, and he came back out. And apparently the girl didn't realize until after he had left that the dildo was still stuck to the wall. So she posted <laughs> on social media saying how embarrassed she was that this guy came in and, and he, like this thing apparently was sticking out so far that his leg must have rubbed past it to get to the bathroom. <laughs> and and she said, but he didn't say anything, so it clearly didn't bother him. Meanwhile, another post came out from the handyman who had said, you're not going to believe this. I was in this person's place. And clearly this broad did not care that this massive weapon of a dildo was stuck to the wall. And and, uh, and basically he he said so I bought I asked to go to the bathroom I went in and he took a picture of himself with the dildo. <laughs> oh my god! That must have been, like, oh, been quite the quite the device. Right? <laughs> wow. This thing was this thing was massive. And um, anyway, if I was that handyman, all that girl would have heard was. Mom's bigger. <laughs> so, I'm just surprised he hadn't seen that before. Being a handyman, you're like exposed to pretty much everything, in life, right? You know things, yeah. 
Um, yeah, but uh, the the things I could tell you of being a pool boy in the past, but um, the, you know the, the you need a hand with that lotion. Right? Um, <laughs> the the best part of all of it was that someone either knew them both, but had basically had seen both articles and tagged both people in it, so that they realized. Both the handyman was embarrassed for this person, and both the girl was embarrassed. So they clearly, you know, were were like they actually realized, okay, maybe this other person did give a shit. But it was just so funny that they, they ended up getting tagged in both each other's posts. So uh, now that's out there. <laughs> I, I think it, I think I think it sounds like a great setup to a romantic comedy. It, it could, could be, be like right? Meowth McConaughey could be the lead. He can play the handyman, you know. Right. You know. <laughs> it's like big, so... just call it romantic comedy. We call it big is better, right? And, and or the guy can say, "Listen, I know what I'm up against, but I'll at least pay for dinner." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, good, man. So that that is in itself. Uh, I got to tell you, a, a wonderful. Uh, a wonderful piece of work. I think it'd be a great date way to meet people. <laughs> I think it. I think that just warms my heart. You know, I think that, that's a great way to. That's actually better that, than the drone story. It's a, It's like the deleted scenes from the Notebook, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> There's an outtake. Oh, that's good. All right, so Oliver, it is time to turn the show over to Oliver Robbins. Okay, and I'm here, ready to take over. It's perfect. Whatever that may mean. Right? Well, I mean, the best part is, um, let's let's start talking, uh, actually, you know what, let, let's jump right in and start talking about Celebrity Crush, your new movie. Yes, so Celebrity Crush is a movie we made uh, with my friends and I. We made it last summer, and we're wrapping it up right now, and it should be out May 26th. And the storyline is kind of autobiographical in some ways. I... I, last couple of years, I've been doing these horror conventions where you meet your fans. And I was thinking, what would happen if I met the most cra- the craziest fan on Earth? And we, I kind of changed things around a little bit. So there's this character um, who was in this movie called Chain Face Clown that came in in 1985, which is like this cult classic film from the, from the air. And lo and behold, has a whole new fan base right now. This fan base there. And one of the, the super fan is this gal in her 20s. And she meets my character, uh, Jonathan Blakely, at this, the, the re-release for the movie on, that's going to Blu-ray. So I end up meeting her, and she seduces me, and she takes me home. She pretends like she doesn't care about the movie at all, but it turns out she not only knows about the film, but she is the super fan. She has like a tattoo of me as a kid on her thigh. So I end up sleeping with her, and when I don't want to be with her forever, she goes to Plan B. She traps me in her makeshift dungeon. And she lives out her fantasies with me, pretty much. And um, I become her prisoner. So it's kind of like a misery with a black comedy kind of element to it. I, and I, um, I don't know and if it, 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 or not. <laughs> I know, I, this, is the kind of, <laughs> this is the kind of film you don't know if you're supposed to be laughing or screaming when you watch it. Yeah, so, I love uh, it. And so it, it was a lot of fun to do. Um, I, I hadn't acted in almost 30-some-odd years, except my, except my, my friend's films so at film school. And they said, oh, you've got to be in this movie. I said, no, I don't really want to do it. I don't know. I've been acting all these years. And we shot it over 12 days in Florida. So it was just, we banged this thing out. No pun intended for based <laughs> on what we were talking about before. 
Um, and we, we had a blast. It was, it was, it was a great experience and I loved it. And it's coming out May 26th. You should be on like on iTunes and Amazon and places like that. That's amazing. Nice, man. I'm sure that you, uh, you, uh, send us a message, uh, when it is coming out. We will also try to remind, uh, all our listeners, um, especially because, uh, I'm sure a lot of them are, are either Amazon or Netflix fans or anybody who's going to stream will, will definitely want to take a peek at it. Um, your timing's yeah. brilliant for yeah. for going to uh, to to a streaming platform for sure. Yeah, yeah and it's good. You, could, you know, and people will be in their houses, and hopefully we're not, and we're still quarantined everywhere. You should just you should just watch this movie ten times there's a lot of because there's no excuse. <laughs> again, again. Home, anyways, <laughs> you love celebrity crush. There's nothing else to watch. This is the only <laughs> film you should watch on iTunes. Right. If you know, if you don't see any less. <laughs> Any less than 10 times, you, you really don't understand the meaning of it. Right. I mean, if you're going to do anything in 2020, you don't, you won't remember the coronavirus. You will remember Celebrity Crush. Yeah, this film is going to be, this is going to be the most impactful, impactful experience of your entire life when you watch this film. That's true. Awesome. That's true. <laughs> just, just, where's the, where's the trailer for it up? You can watch the trailer at celebcrushmovie.com. So it's just C-E-L-E-B, crush, and then movie.com. It's also on on iTunes, on like not iTunes. It's also on um, YouTube, and you can Google it, and it'll come up, and you can watch the trailer and get ready for Celebrity Crush May twenty sixth. That's love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's my shameless promotion. I, I figured I had to do that. Hey, man. For sure. No, you know what? We'll we'll probably even link that uh, that trailer into uh, into our Facebook page for you guys. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, for, for I appreciate that, guys. To this right now, and uh, obviously not. Uh, we don't want you uh, YouTubing and driving, so uh, wait till you get home. We listen to it, and we'll post it up. We, we yes, we definitely want you to be safe. Yes, yeah. Um, so I, I, I have a couple questions about that character. The first one is, and and maybe you maybe you can't tell me because you don't want to give it away. But does he sleep with her before he finds out she has the face of the tattoo, or after? No, actually, he ends up you no know, after no before, before he actually sleeps with her before. And that's actually in the trailer, so I'm not giving anything away. Okay, so he um, notices you after know, they've had sex. He sees that, you know, oh. and it's, you know, it's dark, and you, you don't really see everything when you're doing that kind of thing. So it's, uh, and we just, we discovered uh, the character Emily is this complete sociopath, and, and she's beautiful, she's crazy, but she's also, you know, completely obsessed, and she'll stop at nothing to make sure that Jonathan will be with her forever. Wow. I, nice. I, I would have been even more creeped out if it was like, Whoa! You got a like a tattoo of my face on your yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> I would have been like, <laughs> like maybe that, you should have stopped that, right there. <laughs> hey man, if you were super yeah, nervous, that, that would definitely would be make a, a, a little. That would make him definitely a little more interesting of a character. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like a sociopath and a narcissist. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have a you who you have a tattoo of me. Wow. Let's get it on. Right. <laughs> and then afterwards, <laughs> I'll get a tattoo of you. <laughs> yeah. So look at that here. I'll be in the sequel. Yeah. Right. Plays Emily. Sorry, that was was that Maddie. Oh, I was just saying, uh, it was Alyssa Snyder that, that played Emily, right? Yeah, she was fantastic in it, too. She's out of Florida, and um, Michael Baumgartner discovered her and said, you have to, she's the perfect actress for this role. So she did an audition for us, and she actually just did it on her iPhone. She read it, and I thought she was completely insane in the best possible way. Yeah. And I said, and I called her up and said, Alyssa, you have this part. You are Emily, too. And, you know, strangely, she's not like the character at all, though. She's the sweetest gal, you know, 
And uh, but she 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 be, she morphed into that role when she was doing that part. That's great. That's awesome. Because you know That's that awesome. truly goes south and and almost biblical. If if you found someone who was too good for the part and they weren't naturally sweet, <laughs> yeah. Then, then and then they just you know when, version of this. <laughs> she, yeah, I I've met people like that. I went, I went to one of these horror conventions once, and this gal she came up to me and she said, "I made you." She said, "I made you, honey. I got my honey for you." And I'm not kidding. She actually made physically her. She she has bees, and she thought this was the beginning of a love story between the both of us. And when I when I said, you know, I thank you so much for the honey, and you know, we can we can stay friends on Facebook. She got very upset when I didn't um, reciprocate the romantic advances. You know, you so you know, hun- like, you know, well, literally- I this napkin I blew my nose in. <laughs> yeah, here it is too. <laughs> we, we, yeah, it was, things. Here's you know, fluids for fluids. <laughs> yeah, you can. You, I'll take your honey. You can have my napkin. Yeah, there you go. Right. She, she usually has a cape on her hair, doll. No, you know what? It's funny. I think people mostly have good intentions. Sometimes people are just socially awkward, you know? Yeah. They do. And, you know, most of the fans of, of my movies are just fantastic. And they, and what I love about it, when I was a kid, I, I had no idea what, you know, what people were thinking and feeling when they were seeing like poltergeist. And now they can share, you know, this experience with me. They can say, this is what I saw it on my first date. And, and you know, I always wondered that when I was a kid, like, what were they actually thinking? What were they feeling? when they were watching my movie and when you go to these conventions, it's really fantastic because they can really share their life experiences with you when they're not, when they're not trapping you or seducing you. That is, I would have uh-huh. never have thought of yeah. poltergeist as a first date movie. You know, you don't think about that, but you know, it actually is. If you get scared, you fall into someone's arms, you know, and it's, it's a great way to make that first move. I would think. Yeah. True story, Tony. Uh, thing. Yeah. Ashley and I went and saw the movie Dead Silence for our first date. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah. So, horror movies are great first dates. So, (laughs) I had to test the sci fi thing. If she wasn't going to go for that, it wasn't going to (laughs) work. Yeah, for sure. Well, since uh, we brought up uh, Poltergeist, what was filming a horror movie as a child actor like? But, you know, the thing about Poltergeist, people say, weren't you scared when you were doing it? And the thing is, the thing was completely shot out of order, and all the special effects were added later on. So, you know, um, it was actually, we had no idea what we were actually screaming at. Um, like, Toby Hooper would be moving the stick across the screen for our, for our eyeline. And we asked him, I said, Toby, like, what are, we, what are we screaming at here? What are we scared of? And he said, we don't know, but it's the scariest thing you can possibly think of. So we were basically all, we were acting because we had no idea what the ghosts were looked like or any of the things. A lot of the effects were practical, and those are things we could really act off. Yeah. It would have been really embarrassing if it had to have been like a ham sandwich or something. <laughs> yeah. And they, they tricked us to the same, you know, and it's all a comedy. You know, a Poltergeist was actually a comedy. They didn't even tell us that. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why you really have to, you really have to trust your director. Yeah. For sure. I mean, that's that's amazing, actually. I mean, considering the time period, um, you know, the, the special because back then a lot of the special effects were still kind of physical, um, you know, manifestations of things like so you would actually have um, some type of rubber or, or a kind of Muppety prop that would would be in place. So to to um, put just the now nah, just look at the, yeah. the stick or the ping pong ball. 
and start screaming uh, is is quite uh, intriguing. And, I, didn't, you know, I didn't realize they were going that far back then. You know, and, and, it's, and it was actually, I think in a lot of ways, it was better because now everything is CGI. And let's face it, the reality is, you're, you know, the audience, what they're thinking is going to be far scarier than anything they can actually come up with. And you had to be very creative. Like in Jaws or Poltergeist, you barely see the monster. You barely see the shark. Um, it's just there. It's kind of like it peppers the scene. You're really relying upon the performance. And what you're not seeing is so much more powerful. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Oh, I mean, have you ever, what was that M. Night Shyamalan movie? What was his first one? Was it Circles or something like that? Uh, no, what, what was it? Um, yeah, with Mel Gibson and uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Signs? Signs, that's what it was. Yeah. I thought that was the scariest thing until all of a sudden I saw Aliens, and I was like, what the fuck, Aliens? <laughs> and then, then, <laughs> yeah, and then it just totally lost its its fear factor. <laughs> it's true. It's like if you don't see them, what you don't see is going to be far scary. Once you see it, it's like it's never going to be what you actually imagine it to be, you know? Yeah. So your imagination is going to be far scarier than anything they can come up with. Well, I well, you know, you know what movie, even though some people hate it, does a good job of that, actually, Cloverfield. Yeah, I you know, I I love Cloverfield. I mean, you just have to get ready to be a little nauseous, you know, because yeah. you have that slot cam for the entire movie. But the filmmaking is really good, and it feels very realistic. You know, oh, agreed, agreed. And you don't see a lot of the actual monster. You know, a lot of the footage is is uh, you know close calls and stuff like that until you hit the kind of mid to three quarter way mark, and it's building suspense around something terrible happening. I think was it was really well done in that movie, even though yeah, yeah. it's shaky cam. Yeah, and what I like about it is you get really, I like what about it is you really get to know the characters long before the monsters show up. So you actually, yeah. you're, you're, you're into the, the feeling of the characters, the emotion and the relationships, you know, and then you're, you know, and then you're committed. A lot of films jump way too fast into that. So it has, it has a slow burn, which I really like. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, uh, I, I really love the, the unseen horror things. Uh, I just, I can't do the sloppy camera work. It just, I end up walking out with a migraine. And I, I did, I remember with Blair Witch was one of those movies that I just, uh, I walked out so sick feeling. And that was just because of the, uh, the camera. <laughs> man, Blair Witch did such a good job. Like, I remember, man, there were so many people that thought it was real. Like, you remember when it first oh, came out? I had two yeah. that I went home oh, yeah. with that, that truly got freaked out by that. And I'd never seen it right? at that point. Yeah, yeah and I, I had heard about one it. Of the, yeah, I think one of the best things about that film was one of the first found footage kind of movies was the campaign. Because you thought, you know, no matter how bad the movie was, if this is real, you know, it gets you into the whole story completely. Right? You know, you're not just looking at some fictional plot. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really well done. The marketing was really good, and, and in fact, like um, when I saw it, I was like, I, "I this could be real." Like, I don't know. And I was younger at the time. Like, I'm thinking maybe twelve, thirteen. I was always a horror buff, though. My whole family watches horror movies, so. Um, but uh, I remember thinking it could have been real for sure. And then I saw the girl that plays Heather on, I think it was Leno, and then I was like. Oh hey, it's not real. It's holy survived. So I don't know. I think that's uh, poltergeist is still one of my uh, inherent inherent fear of uh, clowns. Is, is uh, I mean I, I can't sleep. Clown will eat me. I always feel good about that. You know, everyone tells me that I, I scare terrify them for life. And, you know, if I if nothing else in my life, I can say I made the people scared of clowns or continue that fear. I, I feel like I really accomplished something with my time on Earth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and between, between that scene and it, um, 
It is probably why I don't like clowns. Horrible, vicious creatures. No. Sorry, did you watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space? I, I have, and and I I mean I'm sorry. They, they're the only people who who put on in my world who put on a makeup and and wigs and and crazy clothes are are pedophiles. So uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're right on the same page for me. No. <laughs> There's something that's fairly scary about clowns. There really is. All my yeah. that I think that's what happened. This babysitter I had used to dress up as a clown. And, Terrorize me, and that's how I got. No, I'm kidding. That I never happened. <laughs> what the fuck? This sounds like a fucking nightmare. I know. Me. It sounds good. I, I was gonna, I was gonna go with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah how did how, you, you get the gig? Like, how did you get the 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 poltergeist gig? You know, it's funny. I was doing commercials at the time, and there was an open call at the studio, and uh, my mom asked me. Says, you know, it's an open or an open call is where anyone, the general public, anyone can audition. Because normally, the way an audition works is your agent has to send you on the on the audition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We went on this this open call, and we went, I went online for like two hours, and they saw me. They they asked me a couple questions, and they said they asked me. He says, "What are you afraid of?" And I said, oh, "I'm afraid of trees." And I told them, I'm "Afraid of the clown up. I basically said everything my character is afraid of. And I thought, okay, that was a great little interview. It literally took five minutes. I walk away. I get another, another get a call back, and they want me to they want to see me again. And this time, I actually have to read lines, and I go through the lines, and and lo and behold, you know, they they like what I did, but I, they have me scream, and I I can't scream at all. I, I'm the worst possible screamer, and that's a panic. And the director Toby Buford says, you know, the secret to a good horror Oliver is the scream. And I'm like, I don't. And I told mom, I said, I, I want to get this part. I don't know what to do. So believe it or not. There's people in Los Angeles that specialize in helping actors learn how to scream. I didn't know that. That's like their only skill. Wow. They I didn't know that. That's great. No, I didn't. I, I didn't know that either. But I, I learned there. So, so I went to this quote unquote scream expert when I was a kid, and I said, "This is what you want to do, and this is how you're supposed to scream." And I, I did. I came back for another audition, and I was I was like the expert screamer now. And they said, "You know what? You got the part." And that that's the story of how I got poltergeist. That's wow. awesome, man. That's cool. Did you um did you land like like I I had only seen like your moving bio and stuff like that, but did you land any smaller commercials prior to that? It's in, before I had basically done like maybe two commercials. My first commercial okay. was actually this fertilizer commercial, and my dad it uh, actually wrote the movie Stand by Me, Ray Gideon. Oh. Um, at the time, you know, um, and like a lot of actors at the time or writers, and to pay your bills, sometimes you do commercials. And he was actually, he also wrote Starman, and he was talking about that on set when he was talking about Starman, this interesting script he was working on. So that was my, you know, it was my first experience, you know, with, with acting. So I basically went from a fertilizer commercial to, um, to shit, to, to poltergeist, literally. <laughs> which was not shit, which was great. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you definitely did I mean, that, it's still about burying things, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's amazing, amazing, man. Right on. Yeah, it was a, it was a great. I, you know, I, I had a great time child acting. It was such a great experience for me. And I hear about all these stories that you know t- kids are molested and, and and it's so awful and terrible. And I I think my because my parents were so protective and watching out for me, I never had any of those kind of experiences. That's, that's, well, that's good, you know. And then yeah. were your parents pretty cool about um, you know just allowing you to it sounds like you kind of wanted to try out the poltergeist role and it doesn't sound like you were it, 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 it was a supporter 
Yeah, they never wanted me to actually be an actor. You know, at first, I really had to convince them to even put me into a commercial workshop class when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Um, I never had a child, you know, you know, a, a, a parent who was forcing me to do it. On the other hand, they really didn't want me to do it. And I was like, you know, I was really adamant that I really wanted to act. And they said, the moment you don't, you're not having fun all over, the moment you don't want to do this anymore, we're going to pull the cord and you don't have to do it, you know. Okay. And, uh, yeah, they're, yeah, they're extremely supportive. So my mom and my mom and my parents really had lives of their own at that point. So for me to do this, they really kind of had to make a sacrifice. Both my parents worked. So it had to be something that I really wanted to do. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, let's jump into uh, the second part of our show. And, uh, Maddie G is going to do our rapid fire questions. Okay. Alrighty. And uh, for the listeners at home who uh, are just joining us today, uh, Matty G will ask Oliver 20 quick questions, and Oliver will just give us the first thing that comes to his mind. Rapid fire questions. All right. I'm ready. Let's roll, Matty. All right, let's. Uh, favorite movie of all time? I would say Sullivan's Travels. Favorite Marvel character? I would say Captain America. Favorite food? Sushi. Favorite book? I would say, um, let's see, A Christmas Carol. Favorite DC character? Um, I would say Batman. Favorite song right now? I would say, what's my favorite song? Um, Nothing's coming to mind. I don't know. <laughs> I look all Canadian. You're in Canada too, so metrics Canadian. Yep. <laughs> uh, name a role you'd love to have. I would say um, I played the father in the remake of Poltergeist that I direct. Ah, uh, uh, cool. yeah, I love that answer. And yeah. I have my own, we have our own vision of that too. So yeah. that's that's why I think I'd love to do that. It might be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's got to happen. Well. Yeah, let's let's hope uh, let's hope your next movie just blows up and uh, that gets funded immediately. Yep. I, I hope. Yep. We'll <laughs> Yep. <laughs> uh, beer, scotch, or wine? Um, I'm wine. Okay. PC or Mac? I'm a Mac guy. I will admit, I'm addicted. <laughs> I'm a I'm in the Mac. I'm a Mac universe kind of person. All right. All right. Poutine or fish and chips? What? Are, what's the question? Have you ever had poutine before? No, what is poutine? What is okay, that? Okay, so it's, it's fries I'm, covered I'm in out. cheese curd and gravy. I'll, I'll go with fish and chips on that one. Oh, okay, all right. You don't know what you're missing. I know, but I, I know, and, admittedly, I haven't tried it. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm it's a, a Canadian I'm thing. Go with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, I, iPhone or Android? I'm an iPhone. Well, once again, I'm addicted to Apple products. They've got me, so I'm iPhone. Perfect. All right. Metallica or ACDC? I would say, you know, I'm torn. I, I, I think both. Both are beautiful in their own kind of way. Cool. All right. H- handshake or fist bump? On the old days, I would do a handshake, and I will go back <laughs> to the handshake, but now now we're doing the fist bump. Or actually, I don't even, even do the fist bump. <laughs> or maybe you're just six elbow. meters away. Yeah. Air like, <laughs> high five. Yeah. Now we just improv it. Now so we just long. wave from, like, three to park. Yeah. We're the secret talent. Uh, what is that? I can actually, I can cook my own food. And, and in my world, all my friends are like amazed by that, that I can actually cook. And that's like, you know, 
that I actually can produce food and it doesn't get burned and it's actually edible. So that's like my <laughs> edible food. Skill. I love it. <laughs> Worst fear. Um, I would say, uh, you know, darkness. I mean, just literally the dark because it's like something you never know what's going on in there. That's like my worst fear, just being in complete, utter blackness. Okay. Okay. Boxers or briefs? Uh, you know what? I go commando. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, oh, right that's on. My little secret out there. I don't know. I, I won't go into why that all happened, but I'm a commando <laughs> kind of guy. <laughs> and uh last last but not least what's the favorite podcast you've been on in the last 12 hours yours yours but without <laughs> a doubt right that's it <laughs> yay excellent well we're getting to that point where uh we're gonna wrap things up uh, do you want to um tell us uh or let our listeners know uh, where they can uh, either see you or get in touch with uh you via social media or anything like that you'd like to pitch you, yes, you can. Uh, this is another one of my shameless pitches. You can reach me on Facebook and just type in Oliver Robbins. And I, I add everyone. I'm not up to 5,000 people yet, so just add me. And then, you know, I'm on Twitter, too. I don't I don't Twitter enough out there or Twitter or, or whatever, uh, but I'm Ollie Guy on Twit. Okay. And um, and this is my also my other shameless promotion. I produce these things called key tags, which is basically like a keychain. And they're based on pop culture, like Bates Motel or Poltergeist. They're all inspired from the, that reality. And you can visit my website at keytagsrus.com, like Toys R Us, but keytagsrus.com. And it all makes sense when you see them. And they're all little awesome key tags. And I have my photo available for sale on that and everything else. And just check out the site. There's lots of cool stuff on there. Well, we'll definitely have to check that out. That's wonderful. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, well thanks. I, I can't thank you enough for uh, being on the show and taking some time out of your busy day. And it was a lot of fun too. Well, I'm I'm quarantined now, so I, I really am not to put down your show, but I have nothing else better to do, really. So, <laughs> no, I, I would like to think that you just want. <laughs> no, no, I love you. No, you guys are great. This is actually you have a great podcast. I really have to say. Thank you very thanks, much, man. We, we always appreciate it. it. And uh, you know, we'd love to circle around with uh, you uh, after the the release of the movie and see how things are going. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Perfect. We'll talk about it after the release, May twenty sixth. Perfect. Well, keep us in touch, and uh, we'll uh, we'll reach out again soon. Okay, definitely will. Thanks, you guys Oliver. have a good rest of your day. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Take care, Oliver. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So this is a good time for us to pitch our social media. You could get us on our website, thefap.ca. On uh, Twitter is thefap4. You can get us on Instagram. Is the Fab Podcast. Don't forget our Facebook. The Freaking Awesome Podcast. And uh, you can always reach out via email. The Fab Podcast at gmail.com. I'm on the air. We on the air. We got this podcast. Ah, uh, uh, not again. What a tweet. <laughs> <laughs>